This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's tribe time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you this weekend, as we join you from downtown Cleveland and Progressive Field. The Indians taking on the Angels this weekend. Some of the games here. One game, though, over in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, as part of MLB's Little League Classic. The Indians and Angels will play the Sunday night game tomorrow night. So. That should be a lot of fun for both the Little League kids and the big kids, too, on the Indians and the Angels. Coming up on this week's show, we will hear from Tristan McKenzie, who came close to perfection in his last start last Sunday in Detroit. We'll also visit with Eli Morgan, another young pitcher who is performing extremely well as the season moves along. Ernie Clement, Tribe infielder, will join us. And we'll also take a look back at Friday night when C.C. Sabathia joined Hammy for an inning on the radio, and it was a lot of fun. And they talked about some good stuff, too, along the way. But first, our Week in Review, and we begin with Tuesday's victory in Minnesota after a 5-4 to four loss in the series opener on Monday night. The Indians and the Twins were meeting in Game 2 of that series Tuesday night. We start in the bottom half of the second inning. The Twins looking for the early lead. They had the bases loaded, nobody out. But on the mound for the Indians, Eli Morgan had other plans. The pitch. And a check swing tamper to the mound. Morgan up with it to home for one. Ramos throw to first. Double play! How about that? Bases loaded, nobody out. Morgan strikes out Sano. And Ref Snyder with a check swing tamper to the mound. And it's a 1-2-3 inning ending double play. So the game remains scoreless until the fifth when an unlikely power source, Daniel Johnson, stepped in with a runner on. Johnson launches one high and deep to right. Forget it. Way on out of here. Home run, Daniel Johnson. And the Indians take the lead 2-0. Oh, my. 425 feet the distance as Johnson hits his third home run on the season to give the Indians the lead. 
The Indians made it 3-0 in the top half of the sixth inning with a sacrifice fly from Wilson Ramos, and then Eli Morgan was back out there shutting down the Twins in the bottom of the inning. Here it comes. Swing and a weak fly ball to right. Carries a little bit, but near the wall to pull it down is Zimmer. Everything's carrying tonight, but you knew as soon as it left the bat that Donaldson didn't get close to getting all of it, but it still carried. So Eli Morgan's night is probably over, but what an effort he gave the Indians again tonight. The Twins did get on the board with a run in the eighth, but in the ninth, Emmanuel Classe was on to close things out. The 2-2 delivery. Swung on, fly ball, right field, not deep. Zimmer's there, ball game. So the Indians have even the series at a win apiece with the rubber mats coming up tomorrow afternoon at 1.10 Cleveland time. Tribe three, Twins one. So the Indians had squared the series at one win apiece Wednesday a knockdown drag out affair that went 11 innings and the twins won it 8 to 7 to take the series a much needed off day on thursday after 20 straight days of games for the indians they responded friday night in big fashion against the angels they got the scoring started early in this one at home singles for miles straw and ahmed rosario started the first inning and that set the table for fran mil reyes so he's put himself in a good count at three balls and a strike. And we'll see now if he gets a pitch in his wheelhouse. The Angels are deep in the outfield, a bit the other way toward right. Here's the pitch. A swing and a drive to deep left center. Away, back, gone! So Fran Mill Reyes with a joyous dance around the bases. A three-run missile to the bleachers in left center. And the Indians have a 3-0 lead. Reyes with number 22. And that'll give him 58 RBIs on the year. And that was a huge sigh of relief that you probably heard from Fran Mill and for the entire Indians ball club. And he's that kind of guy who can change the complexion of a game with one swing of the bat. In the second, the Indians kept it going. Already back to the top of the lineup, Miles Straw delivered yet again. The pitch, and Straw yanks one into the left field corner with a runner going. Chang around third. He'll score. Straw in standing with a two-out RBI double into the left field corner. And the Indians now on top, four to nothing. And then Ahmed Rosario made it back-to-back doubles. Rosario rips one up the alley in left center. It'll get to the wall. Straw will score. Rosario with back-to-back two-out RBI doubles. And the Indians lead it 5 to nothing. The Indians picked up a run off of Stripe starter Sam Henches in the third inning, but he did a nice job limiting damage. And then in the sixth inning, Fran Mil Reyes continued his big night. Bases loaded, two down, five to one Indians. The set, the pitch, a swing and a shot, wide of third into left base hit. That'll score Straw. That'll score Rosario. Ramirez will stop at second. Fran Mill Reyes with a five RBI night. And the Indians have now 
expanded the lead to seven to one. And those two out walks, killers here for Junior Guerra. And Bradley Zimmer kept it going in the sixth. Now the set, now the 2-0 pitch. Swing and a line drive to left field. Coming on Adele, it drops base hit. Hitting third, coming home is Reyes. And it's a two-out RBI single to left. And Bradley Zimmer makes it three runs after two men were out. And the Indians have indeed blown this game wide open as the Tribe now has an 8-1 to lead. And in the eighth inning, Jose Ramirez got in on the scoring parade. Now the set, now the pitch, a swing by Ramirez and a drive, deep left center, it is gone! Jose Ramirez with the Indians' second home run tonight. A towering drive to the bleachers in left center. And for Jose Ramirez, that's just his eighth home run this year right-handed. It gives him 28 home runs on the season. He has more home runs than any other switch hitter in Major League Baseball. And Jose had a really good road trip, and it's continued on the start of this homestand. Indians now leading it 9-1. to one. Following Hentges out of the tri-pen was Trevor Steffen, who threw three shutout innings. Blake Parker was solid in the eighth. And in the ninth, it was Justin Garza on to finish things out. Now the wind, now the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball, fairly deep right. Zimmer's back, he's under it. Ball game! And the Indians start this nine-game homestand with a rout. They dominate the Angels from start to finish, winning it 9-1. to one. So there's your weekend review. The Indians will be back at it on Saturday afternoon, a 4-10 first pitch against the Angels, and then the Little League Classic on Sunday night over in Williamsport. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll talk pitching with Tristan McKenzie and Eli Morgan. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. The savings event of the season. Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extravafesta Saveathon. Your chance to save big by bundling your home and auto insurance. But only this Sunday. 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 Unless you're busy, in which case you can bundle Tuesday. 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 Or if you already have dinner plans, then try Friday. 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 But if the week gets away from you, you can just wait till next Sunday. 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 Because Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extravafesta Saveathon isn't going anywhere. 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 Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in, and you can do so each weekend wherever you listen to the Indians radio network in your different communities along the network lines. Usually airs sometime Saturday prior to the Indians game that weekend. Also, you can listen to us in podcast form wherever you download your favorite podcasts or Indians.com. All the archived editions are there. Well, the Indians' young starting rotation is starting to take shape as the season moves along. A lot of those pitchers who struggled early in their major league careers, well, they have the experiences behind them now, and it is paying off in some good performances of late, none better than Tristan McKenzie last Sunday in Detroit. 
He came within four outs of perfection, losing his perfect game with two outs in the bottom half of the eighth inning. Ended up throwing eight innings of one-hit baseball. We caught up with him the following day, and he talked about his tremendous outing. Uh, just kind of reminiscing on the start and trying to pick, pick apart the things that I did well and take them into the next one. Uh, I feel like I would, I would very much have liked to complete the perfect game, but it didn't happen, and it's more just that taking taking it in stride almost like learning from what what felt good and what what we can use moving into this next start as you got deeper into that game um when did you start to pick up on the fact that you had something special i, I know i heard afterward that, that you kind of keep tabs on this in every start yeah uh i mean i think Bieber said it before and i i'm definitely gonna start saying it. it's more just like most of the time like you give up a hit early on and it's kind of like you don't even have to think about oh I, I have a no hitter or oh I have a perfect game or whatever it is it's like once you get past the second third inning and there hasn't been any movement on the base you haven't had to come out of the stretch at all you you definitely like pay attention to it and that old I don't know if it's a, a superstition or, or just baseball but no one's supposed to talk to the guy who has the good one going whether it's no hit or perfect game, but that didn't seem to be the case for you. What was going on with you and Austin Hedges? Uh, so I, I was actually talking to some guys today about it, and they're like, oh, you were very talkative, and you seemed like you were being like the biggest cheerleader on the bench. And I was like, it's that was me just trying to stay engaged in the game and not like feel that the game was all about me because then I would have started to, to freak out on the inside because I, I was already doing that as much as it was. Uh, it was more just me trying to like project and like just be a part of the game be a part of the team and and Hedges was doing a good job of just keeping me locked in so maybe you could be a trendsetter and and this is the way it goes now for for guys who have no hitters deep uh everybody's a little bit different there was there was a big part of me that didn't want to talk to anybody I wanted to kind of crawl in the hole and just make sure I could go out there and perform and when you look at at what this can do in terms of propelling you now for the for the the last stretch of games uh, what kind of benefits do you think you can take from this uh, I feel like it's a team game, and, and moving forward, it's just picking all the positives from the game, whether it was me, whether it was the guys behind me playing for me, uh, whether it was the bats kind of coming alive early on, and just carrying that for the rest of the game, for, for the rest of the season. Eleven. That's Tristan McKenzie, a, a really bright light in the Indian starting rotation, along with Eli Morgan, another Young pitcher, it's uh, his rookie season for Morgan, and he picked up his second win earlier this week in Minnesota and seems to be getting better with each start. He says he's pleased with how his development has progressed as the season has gone along. Yeah, definitely. Um, learning some things. Uh, th- that outing looked good on paper. Um, that, that second inning was, you know, uh, that, that could have changed the whole game around. Uh, had a good mound visit with Willie with the bases loaded, and you know, we just decided to go down and away to those guys, try to keep the ball on the ground, limit the damage, and uh, after that, started rolling a little bit. It was huge to get out of that second without, you know, if we got out of there with one, we would have been in good shape. To get out of there with zero was a nice bonus. Fielding your position in that situation, uh, is it hard to just stay calm and, and see it through one one thing at a time, or, or can that be a real challenge sometimes? It uh that that could be hard, but we we practice that. I mean, we, we take PFPs here every so often. Um, you know, we, we shag balls. I, I know it's pretty lackadaisical when we're shagging balls, but just just the feeling of getting the ball into your glove. It's really all it is out there. Um, you know, that that ground ball in particular was one of the easier ones. So I was just trying to take my time, focus on getting the first out. You know, if we turn two there, which we did, that'd be great. But my main focus when I got that was just get the guy out at home, and if I need to pitch to another batter, I can do that. When you first came up. 
word on the street was your changeup was tremendous, and we've seen that. But how important has the development of your other pitches been during your time here in the major leagues? It's been huge. Um, you know, the changeup is, you know, it's supposed to look like a fastball and kind of fade away with less speed. So that, that's not really a pitch that can just be good in itself. You know, if I came up and my big thing was I got a big breaking ball, well, I could just continue to pound that breaking ball and hope to get strikeouts. But with a changeup, for it to be successful, it has to have something to work off of. So trying to get my fastball velocity up has been good to you know, separate that difference in, in speeds and also to get you know batters to commit a little earlier. Um, having a good second pitch in between, which has mainly been the slider. You know, I've got the curveball that's coming along a little bit. Um, but the development of that slider, having two kind of firm pitches that the batters need to respect is making the slow change up just look that much slower. Tribe starting pitcher Eli Morgan joining us. Eli, you look at and how you've done here this season and, and you continue to progress. But I feel like early on you had a lot of confidence coming in here, even after just a couple of starts. And we didn't get a chance to, to see it in spring training yet, some other things going on. But uh, where has that confidence come from, and, and how quickly were you able to establish that part of your game where you could be confident up here to make sure you had success? Yeah, I, I got some outings in AAA this year, and um, you know the thing I've always heard coming up through the minors is that if you can get guys out at the AA level, then you have a good chance to have success here. Um, so I, I did have that success at AA. I didn't throw great at AAA to start the year, but you know, getting some strikeouts and just looking at how my pitches played, I knew that if I could throw them in good spots, that I'd be able to get outs. And then, you know, some of those initial outings they were rough, but you know, I was racking up some strikeouts. I was, I was kind of seeing like, you know, what I need to do to get better, what I'm doing right now that works. And um, you know, the guys around me, the pitching staff, the uh, pitching department, they just make it so easy. Like between starts, you know, I, I have an understanding of what I need to work out. Or work on, but they also come to me with just loads of information. It just makes it that much easier to kind of digest an outing and take away what I really need to work on, rather than you know just oh I you know I threw five innings, it went okay. Let's try to do better next time. It's it's a lot more specific than that. It's hey you know I threw five innings. You know I, I was you know two pitches here or there away from getting to the sixth inning, and you know the slider did this, changeup did that. Like there's. There's so much information for me to use and pick up on that the Indians provide. Uh, makes it really easy to go about my weekly work. Well, Eli, you're certainly progressing nicely. Thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Rose. A lot to like from Eli Morgan so far in this, his rookie major league season. We'll switch gears and uh, talk infield play with Ernie Clement, Indians infielder who plays a variety of different positions. That's as Tribe Talk presented by Progressive continues after this timeout. Now the 1-1 pitch. Swung on. This is hammered to deep right field. Back goes Grossman on the track. This ball is gone! Ernie Clement with his first major league home run. And he now closes the gap. He trails Miguel Cabrera by only 498. Leading off and hammering it to left. Ernie Clement, forget about it! A two-homer game for Ernie Clement. His first two in the big leagues. 
Ernie Clement, not Ernie Banks. And did he tee off? And the Indians, with their third home run tonight, lead it 7-2 here in the seventh. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland this weekend. Ernie Clement has filled a variety of roles for the Indians, a utility man who has played just about every position on the infield and played them quite well. He has a highlight reel of defensive plays under his belt. But a big highlight for him this season were his first two major league home runs, and they came in the same game last Friday in Detroit. And when we caught up with him shortly thereafter, he talked about what it felt like hitting the first major league home run, much less the second. Yeah, I was just trying to get a barrel on it and, and get a rally going because, uh, you know, he had, he had shut the pitcher had shut us down for, for a couple innings. And, you know, it was really good to uh, to kickstart kick start the ball club a little bit. Um, I was not trying to hit a home run. I just happened to hit it really well and, and sneak one out of here to right field. So it was really cool. What was the reception you got when you got back to the dugout? It was awesome to see everybody, um, you know, greeting me as I walked into the dugout. Uh, I don't know if they thought I could hit one out. I didn't know if I could hit one out. So um, to be able to do it and, and get a run for the squad, it felt really good. Um, and they were all so, so supportive, and, you know, it, it felt really good. And then you come back later in the game and hit another one that was absolutely crushed. Do you surprise yourself in a little bit when that happens? Yeah, like I, I don't know if I like when I hit it. I have no idea if it's a home run or not. So you know, I'm sprinting around the bases, and you know, I didn't even really see where it landed. Um, I, I knew I hit it really well, but you know, I, like I said, I have no idea if it was going to be a home run or not. I don't have the uh, the Fran Mill bat toss or the or the Jose jog down quite yet. But um, you know, like I said, it just felt really good to, to put some runs up for the team. The list of of Indians hitters who have hit their first two home runs in the same game is slim. Uh, it last happened in 1995. Herb Perry did it, but Manny Ramirez did it as well, and I know that was mentioned to you after the game. And when you hear that, and then and then you look at the type of player you are and what you do well, uh, do you kind of chuckle a little bit? Yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, anytime you're on a list with with Manny Ramirez, that you did something right. So that, I'm really thankful for that. That's really cool. But um, you know, I just got to stick to my game and and try and get on base for those guys. So with that said, it. How important is it now to, to not think of yourself and get out of, of the game that you play, and, and how challenging can that be sometimes? Yeah, I definitely have to be mindful and, and stick to my approach and, and do what I do well, which is, you know, put the ball in play, and, you know, I can't try and hit home runs. Um, you know, Straw last night um, almost got one out, but, you know, he doesn't quite have as much power as I do. Miles Straw joining our conversation <laughs> here outside the Tribe dugout. Ernie, you you got some time now in the major leagues, and, and you've been on a path where it seems like you're getting better and more well-adjusted to the major leagues as you go, and that's not easy. There's some others on the team who've gone up and back, some other young players. What do you think the key's been for you that's allowed you to, to continue to improve and have success up here? Well, I'm just trying to have fun and enjoy it and, and try to help the team win. You know, I try to keep it as simple as possible, and, and my teammates around me have done an awesome job of you know making me feel comfortable and just telling me to be myself, so... Um, I have to credit them. They've been awesome, and, you know, we're just going to keep trying to, to keep it simple. Well, congrats on the big night Friday night. Thanks so much for coming by. Thank you very much. Straw has incredible power. I was just joking. <laughs> That's Indians infielder Ernie Clement, who has been a, a nice addition to this ball club and uh, continues to progress as the season rolls along. Stay with us. When we come back, we will hear a special conversation between Indians 
former Cy Young Award winner C.C. Sabathia, and, and most undoubtedly a future Hall of Famer. He stopped by the radio booth during Friday night's game to visit with Hammy in the second inning, and we'll hear that when we return. It's the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon, the annual year-long event where you can save big by bundling Home and Auto with Progressive. So big that we're kicking things off with fireworks. A monster truck battle. A fighter jet flyover. And it wouldn't be a party without the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon dancers. You can't really hear them, but trust us, they are working it. So come for the fun and stay for the savings. Only at Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhaus, along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the Indians will take on the Angels. Last night at the ballpark, C.C. Sabathia was on hand. He was in town doing a lot of charitable work throughout Northeast Ohio on Friday, and he had a chance to visit with Tom Hamilton in the radio booth during the second inning. Now, due to time constraints, we edited out a lot of the game action from that conversation, but the conversation back and forth was awesome, and here's how it went. The Indians with a 3-0 lead. As we go to the second inning, left-hander Sam Henches to face Jose Iglesias. And Henches, the young 25-year-old lefty, delivers up and in ball one and a guy that looks like he could probably win another Cy Young is with us. <laughs> CeCe Sabathia, great to see you and Amber. Gosh, you guys, did, did the two of you ever age? <laughs> Thank you. Good to see you. How you been? Good as the pitch is high 2-0. and oh. You look phenomenal. First off, before we get into everything about you today, Amber's an agent? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's she's working at CAA now. Um, she's She's been there since May. And, you know, she was with me every step of the way in my career and, you know, watched everything and was basically my agent the last five years, doing all my deals and everything off the field, documentary, the book, all of this stuff. Um, so it just made sense for her to transition into that to that field. Little C, 17 now, headed um, to a senior year of high school. Right now he's actually at PG National um, at the All-American game in San Diego. Oh, so he uh, he's a pretty, turned into a pretty good little baseball player, and he's got some, uh, some options for college. And, you know, hopefully Amber can uh, guide his career. See, does he want to go to college, or would he want to be drafted right away? Or what do mom and dad want? Uh, mom and dad want college. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you ask him, it's always his dream to play in the big league. So, yeah. you know, he wants to get there as fast as possible. But I think he understands um, the development part of it and, you know, going to co- the benefits of going to college. He's obviously heard my story and understands my yep. story and the struggles that I went through being so young. So uh, I, think, I think he's leaning towards college. And to think – like you say, Amber was there with you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You guys were high school sweethearts. How about a wife knows probably better than than not to take anything away from an agent. Yeah. She knows better. Yeah, I mean, she's been, she went through it all. You know, the free agencies and, you know, all the stuff that we had to to go through throughout the career with, you know, dealing with different teams and everything. You know, she was, she was right there. I mean, even in the minor leagues, you know, getting called yeah. up and different things. Pretty special moment for you as the field at Luke Easter Park was was named after you today. Tell us about that. And, I mean, how does all this feel? Yeah, it's an incredible feeling um, to have a, you know, a park named after me at Luke Easter, um, to have a field named after me at Luke Easter Park on Larry Doby Drive. You know, I that? mean, it's an incredible uh, honor. I mean, it's incredibly humbling, um, you know, being able to, to have 
that here in Cleveland. You know, in, in California, in Vallejo, you know, it's, it's something different. But to be here in Cleveland and be recognized like that, it means a lot. And, and I always talk about how special this, this city is to me. And obviously I grew up in California, but I feel like I had a chance to mature here as a man. You know, three, or four, three out of the four of my kids were born here. We started our foundation when yep. we were here, so we called out our fifth child. So really four of our, four of our five <laughs> of kids were born here. So, you know, we have a special connection to the city, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's going to be lifelong now. I talk about Charlie Nagy, Jim Tomey, you. There have been some others, but those were the guys I was able to see when they started. The three of you never changed. Oh, thank you. I mean, no matter how much success the, the three of you had, You'll be in Cooperstown someday. Jimmy's there. Does that come back from mom and dad? I think uh, it comes back from mom and dad, but I think this organization, they do a good job of, of drafting good people, you know, <laughs> like, and, and, and they make sure that you understand that, you know, that's important to be, to be here and to be a Cleveland Indian and be a part of this organization is to take care of people and take care of your teammates. And, um, you know, that's something that we all understand from a, from a young age, you know, being, being in this organization, so I, I have you have to tip your tip your cap to this organization. CC, I heard you told a great story today. Part of why you're here with the young kids about Dave Stewart. Yeah, so I had a chance to meet him at my boys and girls club. The director of my boys and girls club, uh, Fillmore Graham, knew him somehow, and he just came out on a random day, came out, signed autographs, and just talked to us for like ten minutes. It was just you know just a random you know meeting, but. I still remember it to this day like it was yesterday. I was nine years old, got a chance to shake his hand, and then three days later I'm watching him pitch on TV. So now I can see myself being that. You know what I'm saying? And that's wow. why I always wanted to be in the community and always wanted to be around kids and, you know, show my face and not just throw money at things. So that has that impact on you. You know, who knows what youngster today was impacted. I hope so. Why is this so important? I mean, a lot of players talk the talk. But you've actually walked the walk. You do get involved. Yeah, and it's just be, and it's because of that meeting, because of you know what it how it made me feel. And like you said, hopefully it just if I can just impact one kid today, and they can do what, what I've been able to do, then it's all worth it. CC Sabathia is our guest. I got to ask you about one other thing. Get in the game. I know it involves the head coach at Wake Forest. To us, a great story of his own, giving a kidney to a player that he had one year in college, mm -hmm. which to me is unbelievable yeah but tell us about get in the game yeah get in the game i mean tom walter started it um by giving by donating his kidney to one of his players and his assistant coach asked can he do that you know not maliciously or not in a racist way but just didn't know that you know a, a, a white man could give a kidney to a black man and you know it's just one of those things where you know getting the game is just educating people that yeah all, all our blood's the same we are the same and it's just educating people on those things and you know making sure you know kids are are you know doing and saying the right things i'm going to embarrass you but that's okay i always felt you were one of those guys paul sorrento was a guy that we had here like that it didn't matter black white hispanic and eskimo i don't care you guys all had the ability to get along with everybody, to converse with everybody. That's a special gift, CeCe. Yeah, I mean, I just like to be around people <laughs> and like to have but fun. But you're colorblind. And, yeah, for sure, definitely. And, and you know, you're going to be around your teammates for eight months out of the year. So these, these guys become your family. So you, got, you have to get to know them. You have to get to know their culture. You have to get to know what makes them tick. You have to get to know what makes them happy, gets them, makes them excited. So, yeah, I mean, wanting to know those things about people makes you colorblind and makes you, you know, get, get really engaged and get to know your teammates.
Well, you've been one of the, the great teammates that anybody ever played here. I just still think it's neat. Look, you're going into Cooperstown. You'll have a Yankee hat on because the majority of your career ends up being there. But this is still that special. Cleveland and the Indians are still that special to you and Amber. That's yeah, for neat. sure. I mean, but just because, you know, you said I'm going to Cooperstown. But, but if I don't come through here, it's there's no way that I make it 19 years. You know, having a chance to come through this organization and, you know, the Mark Shapiro's, you, you know, Mike Seggy, Tony Amato, these people, you know, you, you guys helped me grow up. You know, I was 17 years old when we was in the booth here last time we did these interviews. So, you know, having a chance now to sit back and, you know, come back and have it go full soaker. Rosie, you know, I've yep. been knowing, you know, it's been 25 years. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun to be able to, to be back here and, and uh, be a part of this organization. Yeah, this is home. Your first start, I don't think any of us will forget. I think your first 28 pitches were fast all fastballs. Balls. Charlie made me throw fastballs <laughs> the whole inning. Uh, right before I went out, he was like, don't throw anything else but fastballs. <laughs> Jeff Cohn I hit the three-run homer, and I come back in, and he goes, okay, now you can start using your stuff. <laughs> CeCe, you were a really good hitter. But, of course, you didn't get to hit except National League. Does Shohei amaze you? It's amazing what, what, what he's able to do, his talent. I mean, not just hitting. I mean, he, the, how big he is, how fast he is, how hard he plays um, all the time. It's like watching the best kid in Little League. Like, Little League World Series is on right now, and the best kid on every team is the pitcher, the best hitter, and he's doing that in the big leagues. It's, it's fun to watch. Is it sustainable? I mean, it's hard for you guys as pitchers. Yeah, you know what? To be honest, I, like I, I've just said, I don't even care if it's sustainable. Like, let's yeah. just enjoy what it is now. Great point. You know, and whatever he turns into, whether it's a hitter or a pitcher, then we'll have to root for him. But for me, I just want to enjoy whatever it is now. I don't, I don't really care how long it is. But right now, I feel like he's having one of the better seasons anybody's ever had in the big leagues. Uh, that's a great point. Enjoy Shohei or enjoy any of these incredible athletes. CC saw it on, I believe it was HBO. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was an incredible production that you folks put together under the Grapefruit team yeah. that took people back to when you were throwing grapefruits <laughs> yeah mean, yeah it was, it was can it, people still see that yeah for sure it's on hbo max um it's called under the grapefruit tree and uh, again my wife amber's the executive producer of it really? but yeah it was just a lot of fun to be able to shoot that we did that all of 2019 because i had some cool moments coming up 250 wins 3,000 strikeouts and while we were shooting it we were like man you can't really tell the end of the story without telling it all yeah so uh that's how it became the documentary cc you you felt it was important a lot of people might I think everyone knows you had some struggles, like we all do. Mm -hmm. The difference is when you're a major league star, everybody knows about it. The rest of us get away with it. Why was it so important for you to put that out in the open and, and get that story out? I think it was important for me to tell my story, just because it's like it's anybody. It can be anybody's story, you know. Um, you know, losing a parent, missing a parent, you know, dealing with all the, those different things of growing up in the inner city and not dealing with that trauma. Um, you know, I wanted to be able to tell my story so maybe it could help somebody get help. And and even, you know, my alcoholism was different than, you know, what you see from anybody else. I never got a DUI. I was never in trouble. And people were like, oh, why is he going to rehab? I was just tired of, of battling it myself. So so maybe somebody's listening right now and, you know, they know that they have a problem but are scared to get help and they can reach out. You know, now after hearing my story and knowing what I went through, you know, it's, 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 it's good on the other side when you Pretty get help. Pretty incredible. For sure. Pretty incredible. CC, I think back to 2007, if maybe you and Fausto had even a couple of more years' experience, 
probably win that ALCS in five games. And- it, wasn't, it wasn't Fausto. It wasn't Fausto <laughs> pitched the way he was supposed to. It was me. It was it was me not, you know, understand. It was me un- not understanding that I didn't have to go out and try to throw a shout-out every game. Did you game. try to do too much? I was trying to go out. I wanted to be the star of the postseason. I wanted to be the reason why the Indians won the World Series, and I ended up being the reason why we didn't. You know, that team was the best team in the big leagues by far that year. We were really the best team. Really? Me and Fausto at the top, Pronk and Grady and, you know, our lineup, we were we were the team. And if I pitched the way I pitched down the stretch in Milwaukee, yeah. if I pitched the way I pitched in, in the playoffs in 09, we definitely win the World Series. So, you know, I had to take that lump here, and I feel bad for the, these fans and this organization that I wasn't able to deliver here. And, you know, but that, that experience helped me do it, you know, down the stretch in Milwaukee and, you know, the next year in Cleveland. Yeah, but it but- was all – in a three-year span, right? So it was all I learned from that playoffs, right? Yeah, but it without you, we're not even there. So, you know, in Boston was they had really good pitchers. <laughs> they were really good, but we were a better team for sure. Um, Why do you say that, see? Just because we were we were good. Yeah. We were we just didn't have the experience. You know, I think if we would have had a little more playoff experience with the core, we right. had you know Trot Nixon in there. He was our engine. He was our you know we had Kenny. Kenny came yeah. back that year. But just the core of us, we're, we weren't experienced in the playoffs. Me, Prompt, uh, Casey Blake, uh, Sizemore, we just right. we hadn't been through it yet. Well, my friend, you gave us a lot of thrills. We haven't seen a Cy Young Award winner since Gaylord Perry until you got here on the <laughs> stage. And CC, we're all so proud and happy for you, Amber, your incredible family. Continued success, and, and thanks for always coming back here to Cleveland. That means a lot to people. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. This organization means a lot to me, and this is this is home for us. At CC Sabathia with Tom Hamilton last night during the ball game between the Indians and the Angels. Great to see CC, who is in great shape. Looks like he could pick up a baseball and get outs in the big leagues tomorrow if he had to. That's going to do it for this edition of Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. As always, thanks so much to Brian Matze for putting together our show. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Looking forward to chatting with you next week right back here at Progressive Field as the Indians will be playing the Red Sox next weekend, and we'll join you then for another edition of Tribe Talk presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 